your words, O Lord, are spirit and life. Words taken from the psalm which we sang this morning at Mass. The Word of God is spirit. It gives life. It is light that guides our way, our feet. It shows us direction in life. It provides nourishment for us, especially in moments of suffering and discouragement. My dear friends, as I informed you at the beginning of Mass, today the Church celebrates the Sunday of the Word of God. On the 30th day of September, 2019, Pope Francis, through his own initiative, wrote an apostolic letter to all the faithful. That apostolic letter was entitled, in Latin, Aperuit Illis. And that letter was meant to draw our attention to the importance of the Word of God and the need for us to understand it properly, for us to be able to live joyful or joyous lives, meaningful lives as Christians. That apostolic letter written on the 30th of September, was written on the feast day of a saint celebrated for his knowledge of the Bible, Saint Jerome. Saint Jerome was so devoted to the study of Scripture that he single-handedly that is alone, translated the entire Hebrew Bible to Latin. Because he believed that many people at his time were unable to read Hebrew and even Greek of the New Testament. And if they were unable to read the Word of God, they would not understand even the person, life, and teachings of Jesus Christ. So he felt the need to translate the Bible into the language of the common people. It is called Vulgatus, the common language, which then was Latin. Because he said that ignorance of sacred scripture 
is ignorance of Christ. John chapter 1 tells us that Christ is the word of God that existed with God before the world was created and through this word the world was created and this word gave life to every living thing your word is life and this word is light your word is light and lamp and this word became a human being and dwelt among us so if you don't know this word the word of god through whom the world was made through whom word living things got life you cannot understand his ministry on earth as a human being jesus christ the word of god was first expressed as words in the Bible. The word, before it was expressed as words, it became created universe because the word, God expressed himself through the word by creating. So the first revelation of the word of God is by creation. That is why St. Paul tells us in the letter to the Romans that if we examine the order in created things, we will be able to understand the beauty and majesty of the Creator because creation is a revelation of the Creator. The Word first became creation, created things. And then God spoke. After creation, he had to speak through the prophets, through his agents. And the first letter, I mean, the letter to the Hebrews chapter 1, the first chapter of the letter to the Hebrews says that in the past, in many different ways, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. So the word was manifested first through creation, second through the prophets, and also events in the life of the Jews. And finally, the letter to the Hebrew says, that word which God spoke to the prophets in various ways at different times, in our own time, we, the blessed ones, living in the time of Christ, God has revealed his word fully in his son, who became a human being, Jesus Christ, the Lord. It is this word that we celebrate, and it is this word that the Jews gathered to listen to, to celebrate, and to find bearing and direction in their life. 
every time they abandoned that word, they got into trouble. And because they got into trouble and did not obey, the, because they would not obey the word of God and got into trouble, often, every time somebody called back their attention to the centrality of the word of God to them, they would be grateful and make greater efforts to reconstruct their life basing the it on the word of God. So Pope Francis invites us, all of us, on the third Sunday of the year in ordinary time to celebrate this word, meditate on it, and realize that it is our guide and the most complicated journey of life. Aperuit Illis, the title of that work in Latin, taken from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 45. The risen Lord accompanied his two of his disciples on the journey to Emmaus from Jerusalem. And along the way, he was explaining the word, that is himself, to the disciples. These disciples were sad and dejected because Jesus had been killed. And although some members of the community told them, especially women, that they had seen an apparition of angels telling them that he was risen, they did not believe that. They were walking away from where the rest of the community of believers were, from where the apostles were. Jesus met them, and beginning from the prophets, he began explaining to them every passage of scripture that referred to him and how the Christ was to suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. These disciples were reading the scriptures, but they never understood it, as is the case with many of us today. But then, in his mercy, he opened their mind to the understanding of scripture. That word, he opened their mind. That is where you take this expression, aperuit illis. And today we pray, Lord, open our minds that we may understand the scripture and thus understand the person of Jesus Christ and his mission in our life. As he opened their mind to the understanding of the scripture, they were at the breaking of bread. And when they understood that it was the risen Lord, he vanished. And they said, our hearts were burning inside us while he explained the scripture to us. 
no nemenya na window no nwere ndo bia relate mo nwere ndo pietere ga gbomeri ha ogoga ina ajuke de ngbo bo mbia uka na oga de late ega na ogu ngbe mer na fana na iga de malate there are two tables of the eucharist the table of the word of god and the table of the bread and wine of the eucharist if you don't understand the word of god you will not understand the eucharist boshoka boshisa today pebo o kai jeje obo 5:30 obo 6:30 obo 7:30 obo 6:00 8:00 9:00 and you have many possibilities around you harana Jenoge to kurukpegide ekpere chegide father mob bishop obia bialega father vrugus opiete nigad malit because the word of god has first to burn in your heart the spirit has to explain the word to you otherwise you will be consuming the eucharist without anything changing in your life Your word Lord is spirit and life. It is also important that this feast is this day of the Sunday of the word of God is being celebrated during the week of Christian unity. Today we pray for the unity of all Christians throughout the world because although we all are nourished we are all nourished by the word of god and scripture our attitude to that word is so different one from the other that that word has even become often the source of division among us Pope Benedict the 16th in his apostolic letter Dei Verbum Domini reminds us that the word of God performs an action every time we listen to it with faith there is some change that happens in your life when you listen to the word of God with faith believing that it is god speaking to you so we pray that christians all over the world will read the word of god and allow the word of god to act inside us in such a way that we understand the central meaning of that word the central truth which is one and stop quarreling among us and believe me believe me almost all the quarrels among different christian denominations is not about are not about the truth of the love of god shown in christ but struggle for power who controls this and who controls that 
beginning from the origin till today. What is dividing us is struggle for power, not the love of Christ, especially the love for the less privileged ones. May the word of God act, perform in our lives and bring about the best in each of us so that we'll all be united by this word in, into one body. And let us also remember that the word of God is not a stone quarry where we go to pick up stones which we use to attack one another. The word of God is a deposit for construction and building up of a people. And St. Paul tells us in his second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, verse 16, that all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that we will be happy and joyous children of God. Scripture does not exist so that we use passages of Scripture to attack one another. And St. Peter reminds us in his second letter, chapter 1, verse 20, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of personal interpretation. Because no prophecy came from the will of a human being, but the Spirit of God moved human beings to speak in the name of God. So if you want to understand scripture and interpret it properly, you have to be moved by the Spirit. Don't forget, the Spirit, yes, moves where he wills, breathes where he wills. But the apostles were all gathered in one place when they received the outpouring of the Spirit on Pentecost. It is therefore important for us to note that although each of us receives the Spirit in our various ways, it is in our unity as Christians, as church, that the outpouring of the Spirit is received in its fullness. And when the outpouring of the Spirit makes us understand the Word of God for building up, then we will understand what happened in the first reading of today. The prophet, the book of Nehemiah, is a very interesting book. The first book of Chronicles, the second book of Chronicles, the book of Esther, the book, uh, Ezra, and the book of Nehemiah, they tell the same story. Nehemiah was a governor. He was not a priest, and he was not a prophet in the classical sense of the word. And what is interesting about the story of Nehemiah 
is that he was appointed governor of Judah by a Persian king who was not a Jew. He appointed him as a dependent of a Persian pagan empire to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Political strengthening of Jerusalem. Nehemiah came and wanted to reconstruct the protective walls of Jerusalem and he received a lot of opposition. But he insisted and had that work done. Lesson. In our country today, many of our leaders got into positions of leadership through the wrong means. Many of those who are governing us today in an, a democracy were not chosen by us. They were imposed either by the so-called stakeholders, whom I always say are obstacles to governance in Nigeria. Very often, it seems, the only thing stakeholders do is to carry money bags and obstruct governance and make sure that the government never gets to the people. But these stakeholders impose leaders on us. Manipulative electoral process impose leaders on us. This is bad in a democracy. And it starts from the so-called election of town union executive. Many of the people who are president generals of town unions did not come from the choice of the people, let alone the Igwe's and the Kuzioku councillor and local government chairman. Okununa kwada election local government councillors now. Ngwagwana mumbu numere election nambu nujeme otito dirigeso. Keep fighting for useless things. And you are killing yourselves. And you are quarreling in your various communities and wards and villages because of local government appointments that they call election. That is, by the way. But the point I'm making is, although Nehemiah was appointed by a Persian pagan king, he knew the duty he owed to his people. You, public office holder, you may have come to power through the wrong means. But if you find yourself there, be in Nehemiah. Work for your people. This is not the case of the end justifies the means. No. But at least so that the good you do may make up for the evil way through which you came to power. Not only that, after rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, Nehemiah realized something was missing in the rebuilding of Jerusalem. He realized it was not enough to build walls, what we now today call infrastructure. He needed to build up the people. So he came back and focused on the spiritual 
building of the people. And here, he needed the help of the priests. So Nehemiah worked with Ezra, the priest. Ezra, the priest, brought the book of the law. That is from the Old Testament, five books of the Pentateuch. He brought it because although Jerusalem was destroyed, that book was preserved. And Nehemiah saw the importance of that and told Ezra, Biko, come and read this to our people so that they know where our problem started and how we can solve our problem. That day, the first day of the month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, men, women, and all children who could understand, and they built an ambo for him where he was standing. Everybody could see him, and he started reading the law from early morning till midday. And at the end, they all were in tears. Biao. Or we have a canyon where half we are genata, Why did we abandon this law? And the governor and the priests and all the Levites told them, Look, it is not about crying. We should be happy today that we have this opportunity of hearing the word of God. Go and leave it out in your lives and your life will be changed. Sunday is the day we are meant to gather and listen to the proclamation of the word of God. And after that proclamation, there should be an explanation of that word so that we should be able to apply it to our daily lives. But what do we do on Sundays? And our Catholic, what do we do on Sundays? Gonna buy in a mebashoka. Jigden no gugen sika now. O gugejureju, gabashashwa. Many Sundays in Ansoka, many in Soka in residence prefer to attend 5:30 mass. Rabasa 5:30 mass, hejigdashwa. So Sunday is no longer the day of rest so that we listen to the word of God. If after hearing the word at mass, you take the word back home and after lunch, you read the entire passage of scripture and all of you in the family will be commenting and you have questions you want to ask father or bishop or the person who preached to you yet it has you come back in the evening hey father i have a question for you that is sunday we don't do it and what is more monday is gone we have allowed our monday to be taken away by we don't know who 
We don't know who has taken it away our Monday. Makanenda snob hair car, snobbeg hair car. I am Megan the Sanya Fatale. Nom Nefuta, Ehumihi. So, since people know they can't come out on Monday, and even last week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Hale to Kushe, a governor Bashoka, the man already had Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And that day meant for us to be built up as a people every once a week. For us to get energy to understand where our problems are coming from. We have abandoned that. And we think we can rebuild our society by fighting battles, taking up arms, oppressing the people, issuing decrees. If we want reconstruction in this nation, we must get back to the word of God. There is no other way. We must get back to the word of love, the word of truth and justice. Jesus began his ministry proclaiming this word to the people and drawing their attention to the fact that now this word you have been hearing, look at me here, is being fulfilled among you today. On a Sabbath day, he went to, into the synagogue in Nazareth, as was his custom. Is it your custom every Sunday, every first day of the week, to gather with other believers to listen to the word. And they gave him the scroll to read of the prophet Isaiah. And he opened and read and sat down and all eyes were fixed on him. And he explained the word to them. By the way, may I use this opportunity to plead to all those, plead with all those who have to explain the word of God to the people as preachers of the word. After reading the scripture, people will sit down and all eyes will be fixed on us. Please, that is not the time to abuse the people or quarrel with the people or make gestures of fun and joke. It is a very sacred moment. All eyes, not just eyes, minds and hearts, people are gathered hoping to take away one thing on which they will cling for the rest of the week and we are abusing them, shouting, quarreling. Lord have mercy. Please, preachers, when all eyes are fixed on us, let us remember, as I said in my pastoral letter, when the people are listening to the preacher, they want 
to experience Jesus, the word of God. And that Jesus is telling us today that that word is being fulfilled even as you listen. That word is capable of recreating unity among us in our hearts, in our families, in our communities, in our state, in our country. Paul, in the second reading, gives us an example of this unity of the word of God. I will not go into any detail here. But let us remember that Paul said, the parts are one body. And every part is important. But no part should dominate others and think it can be without others. When the parts of the body are working well together, you don't even notice their differences. Choir masters, you know very well, in any choir, if you are constantly hearing the voice of one person, that person is spoiling the choir. Except the person has been appointed to lead as a soloist. One of the greatest frustrations of choir directors is that you find some people, either man or woman, such people are not well. If in the body attention is paid always to one part of the body, know that that part of the body is sick. How many of you now are paying attention to your eyes, your ears, your feet, your arms? But if any part of the body is sick, all your attention will be there. The whole body will know that that part is sick. Anybody in the community, in a group, in a family, who is the only person always forward and being heard, the person is sick. Because when the body is working well, no part is standing out. There is harmony, coordination, respect, and mutual contribution. My dear brothers and sisters, let us celebrate the word of God because it is life, it is spirit, it is the path through the difficult journey in life. How are we to best live out this word of God that we hear every Sunday or even for those who are privileged every day at Mass? Here again I borrow a story from my friend, Cameroonian friend, Father Emil Martin de Bongwe. He tells very interesting stories. Three monks, three, have been reading the scriptures. And they went to an older monk to ask him this question. Brother, we want to live out the scriptures. Tell us how we can live the scripture out 
The first person said, I have read the scripture from Genesis to Revelation many times, and I almost know it off by heart. I can repeat the entire scripture without opening the book. The second person said, I know the whole scripture so well that I now sing it. I can sing from, the, from Genesis to Revelation, singing, not just repeating. And the third one could no longer speak. And the older monk asked him, say something you can learn from your brothers or they may learn from you. And he told the older monk, well, I'm so ashamed because every day I read only one verse of scripture. And I keep all my attention on that verse. I keep meditating on it and I keep trying to live out that single verse in everything I do. And the old man said, there it is. If you want to live out the word of God, it's not about memorizing it and impressing people with your quotations when you are preaching. It is not about being theatrical. It is not about demonstrating what gifts you have. One verse at a time, meditated, accepted, and lived out. That is it.